You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is June 5th, 2018. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. Couple of draft player profiles we're going to get at with you today. A couple of big players, including Jaron Jackson Jr. and Kevin Knox, two guys at the Magic. We'll probably consider at the sixth pick. Knox, a little bit more of a reach, perhaps, uh, but definitely two very, very talented and interesting players for the draft. We'll be covering those uh, over the course of today's episode. Tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic will be a special one. I'm going to have a guest on the program. We're going to talk a little bit about culture building. And compared to another Central Florida fan franchise, so definitely be in tune with that, especially now with the, the Stanley, little tease here with the Stanley Cup final going on, uh, going on with the Washington Capitals now one win away from winning the Stanley Cup. Uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about uh, how the Magic might compare or learn some lessons from a, an area hockey team. Um, that probably gave the bag away. But we'll, that, that should be an interesting conversation. We'll get into some of the Magic's offseason and summer stuff there too. I'd also be remiss if I didn't take this moment to tell you to check out the great work going on at, at Locked On Warriors and Locked On Cavs heading into the NBA Finals here. The Warriors up 2-0. Game 3 is on Wednesday night, so only a couple, only one more day away from that, I guess. Uh, but uh, definitely be uh, able, be uh, excited to check out those podcasts. You can find them on iTunes, uh, as well as probably Stitcher, TuneIn, all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. Just check for Locked On Warriors, Locked On Cavs, and of course, Locked On NBA. Not a lot of news going on with the Orlando Magic today, but there is one item that I do need to address, or at least mention. Uh, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit more, but yes... NBA draft workouts are going on for the Orlando Magic. In fact, I can confirm that the Magic have a slew of workouts going on this week, and some of those names have leaked out. Uh, Trey Young is going to be in town later this week. I can confirm that. Uh, A.J. Davis of UCF will also be coming in. Probably a late, I mean, A.J. Davis, honestly. I, I like the kid. Um, I covered UCF uh, for a season, really, really, really liked him and his game. It just never crystallized in the role that UCF had him playing in. Um, but I really like him. I, I like his. I, I like him as a player. Uh, I like guys who kind of can do it all like he can. Um, but obviously, he's got a lot of work to do. Probably a, a second round, if not G League player, uh, unfortunately for him. Um, but he will be in town. That was reported by Michael Scotto. I can confirm that, yes, A.J. Davis will get a workout with the Orlando Magic. Um, Wendell Carter Jr. was, uh, I believe he was in Chicago today. Uh, he confirmed to the media there that he will be coming to Orlando. Uh, that probably next week would be my guess. Uh, but obviously, but obviously the Magic are bringing in people. And, and I, I would say this too, um, except for whenever Trey Young works out, there are probably going to be other players involved in these workouts. You know, you don't bring in a guy like, uh, you know, you don't bring in some of these players that are going to be taken in the second round without having more guys in there. So you're looking at a whole bunch of guys. Now, to Trey Young, the guys you're thinking of taking at six, you probably bring them in individually because you want to, you want to, you're, you're, give, you're giving them the job interview. If you've ever been on like a big job interview, uh, I, like, I mean, I've, I, I got, I've been on some job interviews where they wine and dine you. They do not beat around the bush a little bit there. Um, you get 
the whole you get the red carpet laid out for you, and 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 then they're trying to woo you as much as you're trying to woo them. Uh, so um, I would suspect that that Trey Young will do an individual workout, um, but obviously a lot of work going into it. There's been a lot of pro days. There's reports that the Magic that Magic staff actually went through Oklahoma at one point to talk to uh, Lon Kruger and 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 Trey Young's coaches, probably even his high school coach in Norman. Um, so a, a lot going on, of course, a lot happening uh, with the Magic on that front. Just, I mean, again. I say this seemingly every time there's rumors going around. I said this during the coaching search. Just because nothing is reported doesn't mean nothing is happening. And in fact, I would venture to guess the Magic have already worked out plenty of prospects that we do not know about. But I think over the next week, two, next week or two, so this week and next week especially, I think the Magic will up the intensity of their workouts. I think that we will see some of the bigger names come through now that they've had their pro days. And really, pro days are, are really just a, a measure for them to control the situation, control information a little bit, get you know get them and get the players out in comfortable situations. Now comes the uncomfortable part. Now you're going on to another team's turf. You're going into other people's turf. Uh, and and they're going to see what they want out of you and, 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 and kind of test you that way. So... We'll see what comes out of that. Of course, it's all information gathering. It's all about getting what you need to know, what you need to learn from these players before you make that big decision uh, back on June 21st. So, so right now we're just in the information gathering stage, and, and that, of course, is what the Magic and what every team at this point in the draft should be doing. And, and you know, even if, you know, even guys that are kind of outside your range, you never know. An opportunity might come in to get into the late first round. You need to know that part of the draft. You never know. Uh, I remember that this was, a, I, I mean, I think sometimes fans forget this, but they keep all these intel files. Uh, Rob Hennigan, when the Magic acquired Tobias Harris, said that that how Tobias presented himself in the draft process to Oklahoma City when, when Hennigan was there was a big factor in targeting him in that J.J. Redick trade. So all this information is valuable. This is a league about intelligence. I think people forget this. It is a league all about gathering intelligence. And so... Uh, so uh, this is this is that part of of the puzzle. Uh, so workouts are ongoing. Workouts are continuing. Workouts will continue over the next few weeks, and we'll have plenty more on that, of course, as we learn more. The other big news of the day: Josh Robinson of the Orlando Sentinel confirming a report by Mark Stein of the New York Times, I believe, uh, that Steve Clifford is beginning to fill out his staff, and they are people that he's familiar with. Pat Delaney and Steve Hetzel will be part of Clifford's staff here in Orlando. They were both assistants under Clifford. In Charlotte they, uh, for, for the last four years, uh, beginning in 2014, they both have previous head coaching experience in the D-League, or what was then the D-League, now the G-League, um, and so they are familiar with what Clifford demands and and uh, have some varied experience throughout the throughout the NBA. You can check that out. Check out their bios a little bit more on OrlandoSentinel.com, um, but obviously, they've come from, they're, they're people that Clifford are very, is very comfortable with. They're people that uh, have done uh, done job done the job, essentially, uh, as the head coach for, for at least a developing team, for a development league team. Uh, and so, you know, again, I, I always say this, you don't really know what assistant coaches do. Um, it's good that Clifford has people that he can trust. Uh, Steven Silas already took a job, uh, so he's not on the market. I know that's that's someone that, that I had targeted even as, as a lead assistant, but I didn't realize he had taken a job already. Um, as, as, as an assistant elsewhere. Um, but that's that's really what this is about now, building up your staff, building up uh, people that you are comfortable with. Uh, and that's really what the Magic are doing, and that's what Steve Clifford is doing. Now, Clifford does have a little bit of a whirlwind coming up. He's obviously got draft prep that he's going to be gonna be a part of. I don't think he'll be a big part of it. He's not the one that makes those decisions. That's Jeff Weltman and John Hammond. 
but he will put his input and, and observe and, and provide his notes and what he thinks to, uh, to, to, to management now. Of course, you want them all on the same page, so he should trust management to make a to make the right decisions there or, or to, to deliver him a player that that he wants um but right now it seems like steve clifford is focusing more on getting to know the players on his roster um I, i've noticed this a little bit just just kind of searching around social media a little bit um you know he's been in the practice facility uh nikola vucevic did an interview with alex kennedy of hoops hype saying that you know he had dinner with nikola vucevic and and so i imagine he's had meetings and dinners and, and meals with a lot of the players uh, that are in town right now. And Nikola Vucevic is still in town. Evan Fournier has been in and out of town, but I saw on Terrence Ross's Instagram, uh, best Instagram on the team, by the way, if, if you're not following uh, Terrence Ross, but um, his, his his battle against uh, frogs in, in Florida are, are is pretty epic. Um, but uh, 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 Terrence Ross snapped a, snapped an Instagram of, of Clifford talking with Evan Fournier in the Magic's practice facility. I assume that means that Clifford's talked to Terrence Ross. Um you know, uh, there was, I saw a report that Clifford is going to head out to L.A. or to California, um, not L.A., to head out to California to meet with Aaron Gordon, obviously a big player on this team. Jonathan Isaac's been in town. I'm sure they've had some some meetings and discussions already. Um, so Clifford is doing, it, it appears, at least from what you can gather, what you can glean from around the web, that Clifford is... Uh, is getting to know his players. And, and I remember at his press conference, he said, you know, I really don't want to comment on this roster. I, I don't know these players personally. I don't know the people personally. Um, I know their games uh, from a, from an opponent standpoint, from knowing how to scout them, but I don't know these players personally and, and what they can do. And, and really, you know, you don't really know a player until you coach a player is, is what uh, Clifford said during the press conference on uh, last week. So Clifford is doing that work. You know, he said, you know, give it, give it a couple of weeks, he'll be able to make those determinations. And I think that's what we're seeing Clifford go through this process now. So Magic are churning. They're churning their legs. They're getting to the NBA draft. They're getting to. They're getting these things done that they have to get done. Uh, but obviously, still a lot of work to do and a lot of prospects to get through. So let's get to two of them right now. And so let's pick up our player profile series, our prospect profile series, with a good look at someone who many, who's at least some people think, could be the very best player in this draft, or at least the, the one with the most potential. Uh, you know, there, there's always at the top of the draft a guy who's obviously very, very talented, a guy who who has a lot going for him and, and a lot of reason to believe that he can take that next step or take that leap. But it's all a bet. It's all a futures bet. Everything in the draft is a futures bet. But for for this, for this specific player, and there's always at least one, if not two. You're drafting him almost completely on what he could be, and not necessarily on what he is already. Um, because obviously, there's 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 a lot of growth that can happen, undoubtedly, and and the guy just needs time to develop. To me, Jaron Jackson Jr. is that player. He's he's got it all, everything you would want in a five at, at his very best. He's a long, agile defender. Uses both hands particularly well. Can guard the perimeter. Can guard the post. Is a gifted shot blocker. A great rim protector. On offense, can step out and hit the three. Great driver to the basket. Great athlete. Yet, 
when you look at him, it's still so much potential. It's not actualized. It's not realized on the court yet. His time at Michigan State was impressive. You watch him play, you can clearly, you know, when it comes to bigs, I sometimes say, do, do you really notice him on the floor? Does he have a presence on the floor? And Jared Jackson it physically has a presence on the floor. Other than Mo Bamba, he's, the, he's one of the more impressive athletes in, in the draft, at least lengthwise. You notice him when he's on the floor. And that means offenses notice him when he's on the floor. He, he has that kind of presence. And so the question now for him is, how does he become an elite defender? How does he become elite at anything? Because it's all just very, very raw. And in flashes and fits and starts, you see it. For sure, in flashes, you see it all together. But it's not there all the time. In fact, at Michigan State last year, his, his freshman year, he only played about 20 minutes, about half the game. Why is that? It's partially because of foul trouble. He was certainly an over-eager and, and, and willing defender and shot blocker, sometimes overextending himself to get to, to, to shots and, and trying to get blocks and chase blocks down. Sometimes, you know, he just was in the wrong spot or, 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 or again, just a little over-aggressive. The question is, can you dial that back with a guy like Jaron Jackson? So, in essence, you're drafting him on potential because he hasn't really played a full role. The question then, too, is, was that by design? Did Tom Izzo want him to play that sort of reckless brand of basketball? To just be someone that mixes it up over and over again? So again, the question is, can he dial it back? Now, this all sounds very, very negative, and I'll, I'll admit I'm drawing out the negatives because that is part of the storyline because, again, this is a guy that's all about potential. But there's a reason why a lot of people think he's the third best player in this draft or possibly the best player in this draft. He's the youngest in this draft as well, which, which is also a thing. But there is... A lot to like about this kid. He is very good defensively. He is, again, agile and athletic. He takes pride on his defense. Will block shots and protect the rim. That is certainly something that every team needs. And as far as his offensive game, it's still a little rudimentary. It's still a little bit raw. But he's shown the ability to work out of the high post, put the ball on the ground, and get to the basket. He's shown an ability to step out and hit threes. Not, you know, pull-up threes or anything, but, sta- but, but stand still, spot-up threes. Again, that's all you can ask for from a center. And so... Jackson, to me, is really intriguing and, and, and really good. And I would even say, if he's there at six, barring any red flags that the public probably doesn't know about that would cause him to slip to six, you are jumping at the chance to take him. 
you're doing what you can to get this kid. Because he has it all. He has all those natural abilities. Fits what the Magic need from a center. Fits what the NBA calls for from a center. Again, versatility to guard the perimeter as well as you guard the post. Shot blocking. Three-point shooting. There's a lot to like about Jaron Jackson Jr. And it's easy to focus on that negative, and, and I, get, I agree. Those are, those are big question marks. It's like there's question marks with every single one of these players. But this is also a futures game. This is also a, a game of betting on who's going to be the best player in five years. Not, not next year, not rookie year. I, I told this to, a mil, to so many people who are, who, are, who are still not over the Dennis Smith, Jonathan Isaac thing. And that's fine. That's whatever. The question you're always asking is, who do, you, who do you want in five years? Not the rookie year. The rookie year is pretty irrelevant at the end of the day. Because Emeka Okafor won rookie of the year over Dwight Howard. And I think everyone would recognize that Dwight Howard was the right pick. And so the question with Jaron Jackson Jr. will be, how do you help him reach his potential? How do you help him grow and nurture his growth? Is Orlando the right place for that? Yes, Orlando still has a ton of bigs, and I think a lot of people are like looking at them and like, why are they looking at these centers? And well, they need the best of whatever they can get. And so that's, if that's Jaron Jackson Jr., that's Jaron Jackson Jr. Then a lot to like about this kid. And so we'll see whether he's available or, or, or what he eventually becomes. If Jaron Jackson's on the high end of the potential scale, a guy that a lot of people see as, as a potential superstar that, that everyone's willing to bet will be a, become a potential superstar, Kevin Knox of Kentucky is kind of on the other end of that scale. It's not that Kevin Knox isn't going to be a good player, but he's not nearly generating the same kind of buzz, even though he produced extraordinarily well at Kentucky. Maybe this is a case of what you don't know seems more tantalizing than what you do know. Kevin Knox averaged about 15 points per game at Kentucky, was, was really solid in a lot of areas. Decent shooter, good at attacking the basket, especially in transition, good length, uh, seems like he could develop into a very nice defender. Again, a lot of the tools you're looking for. So why isn't Kevin Knox getting the same amount of buzz? Now, if I were to say that the Magic are, gonna, are, are, are looking at Kevin Knox... A lot of people would probably say, oh, so they're going to trade back into the t- into the teens or, or early tens? And I'd agree with that. That's probably about the range I would take him. Mean, he might go as high as eight or nine. I've heard some people suggest that, yeah, the Magic could take him at six. And, and I, I think that would be a little bit of a stretch. I think there are better players on the board. Especially because the Magic don't need another 3-4. And I don't think Kevin Knox is going to be better than Aaron Gordon or Jonathan Isaac at this point. But Knox definitely has... A lot of things to like about his game. Again, in transition, head of steam going down the floor. He is very good, very athletic and agile finisher. Can finish under the rim as well as above the rim. A lot to like there. He's a decent three-point shooter. Not a great three-point shooter, but a decent three-point shooter. Enough to keep defenses respected. But unlike Jaron Jackson Jr., he doesn't quite seem to 
to have put all that length together in a great defensive package. At Kentucky, I think people were disappointed with his defense. It's not that he didn't try or anything like that. It's 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 not necessarily ba- necessarily bad defense, but it seems like he has more physical tools than his defensive output would provide. His defensive box plus minus wasn't particularly impressive at plus 1.2 at the college level. On top of all that, Knox's offensive game is pretty rudimentary. He kind of isn't, he's not someone that's going to try and take over a game, and I think that was part of the problem at Kentucky. When he did try and break people down off the dribble, he tended to settle for mid-range jumpers, tough mid-range jumpers at that. Um, wasn't able to get to the basket efficiently or effectively off the bounce. And that might be why he's slipped a little bit, why he's kind of in that second or third tier of guys. Knox is a really interesting player because he's still very young. Again, this guy's just a freshman. So he, he clearly has a lot of tools, has a lot of skills already defined about himself that he can continue to make better, continue to get better with. And so it's certainly very possible that he takes that next step and that he becomes a really, really nice player. But if his player comp, you know, he's a 3-4 like Michael Porter Jr., he's not as good as Michael Porter Jr. He's not as natural a scorer or driver. Um, He's not, he doesn't have the same size as as Michael Porter Jr., nor athleticism. And so, yeah, he's kind of notched below. Whereas Jaron Jackson compares pretty favorably to Mo Bamba or to Mar- or certainly to Marvin Bagley or to Wendell Carter or to uh, whoever, and and, and that's going to be the interesting thing about Kevin Knox again. Both both these guys that I talked about today, Jackson and Knox, are just full of potential, full of possibility, and it's about unlocking that possibility. That's going to make make or break their whole NBA careers. Putting them in the right situation is absolutely critical. And seeing then how they take their game and where they develop will also be important too. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You, of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. And check out our website, LockedOnMagic.com. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. Also, be sure to check out Locked on Cavaliers, Locked on Cavs, Locked on Warriors, and Locked on NBA for your complete coverage of the NBA Finals. You can follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, uh, check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening. For Locked On Magic and Orlando Magic Daily, this has been Philip Rossenreich. I will see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.